Welcome to Business Leaders Podcast. We're here with Phil McCarthy. He's the founder of Breakaway Sports in Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Bob Rourke, and today on Business Leaders Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest business owners and entrepreneurs in and around the state of Colorado. We talk about the ins and outs of running a business and being an entrepreneur. Insights shared by the top business leaders and entrepreneurs in the state of Colorado. Phil, welcome to Business Leaders Podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Bob. You know, uh, Phil and I have hit it off before the show and, and, and found a, a lot of common ground. So I think that you guys are going to find that this is a, a very special episode. So, Phil, I tell you what, tell us a little bit um, about what you did prior to Breakaway Sports. Sure. Um, so right, graduating from, from college, I went on and got my MBA right away. There wasn't, in my mind, a, a, a ton of opportunity out there in the early 90s, so I figured I'd skill up and and get an MBA. And from there, I uh, went to Wall Street and I was uh, an options and futures trader on Wall Street. And that, <laughs> you know, that's a different, that's a different world. But I, I, uh, I learned a lot about that. I, I learned what you give to the business, you get back. And they gave me an opportunity to move to Singapore and run their operation over there and contribute that way. And I thought that that was a huge personal growing experience as well as a uh, professional growth experience. So I, I appreciated that. But I think at the end of that, I, I realized uh, I, I couldn't find the real passion in that for myself. So I wanted to make a change from there. And the question became, what do you do next? What What is it that excites you and what gets you going? And I found that coupling my new business experience and my education, wrapping it around the things I cared most about, was playing hockey and lacrosse and athletics and the relationships I built there. I came up with the idea that I would uh, found Breakaway Sports and go from there. So let's circle back just a little bit. And you talked about lacrosse and hockey. And so let's talk a little bit about your collegiate effort and accomplishments in that area. So at at a young age, I realized uh, that being an athlete playing sports felt great. And, And... and I could grow skill around that and grow confidence around that. So I set my eyes on playing in college and um, did the type of things that it would take to get there. I had great teammates, good coaching. I, I absorbed what they're giving me as lessons. I was aware of uh, how I was growing as an athlete. And when I got to college, I, I was ready to uh, grow again. And so at Hobart College, we had a program that was really strong. My senior year was 12 straight national championships. Um, It was quite a a kind of a dynasty. The expectation was that you came there to compete and grow a team that would continue that type of success on the field. Of course, that comes with great coaching and amazing teammates and people with shared goals, as well as trying to push themselves individually. Um, So we gain a lot from that. Uh, As well, I played hockey in college and was able to be the captain and uh, achieved a couple personal goals of being the all-time leading scorer of that school and sharing that with teammates that I, uh, are, are my best friends in this world today. So I, that athletic success really created processes for, for myself, and I've been taking those on in life ever since. You know, it, and, and for folks go, well, so you went to breakaway sports, which focused on those uh, two sports. And you went to college and you were a floor trader. What they don't know is the adversity that happened in route. Let's dig into that just a little bit. All right. Well, I think athletics or whatever path you choose that helps you find skill and performance and drive yourself and create habits that lead you towards goals 
and goal achievement and then picking teams or people that you choose in your life to, to make your efforts bigger and more important. Um, I, you know, I used athletics as, that, as my realm there. Other people use music and other, uh, other platforms. But I think for me, it's important to uh, become the person that can use those skills later in life and engage the world. I came up against a challenge in life where I woke up completely paralyzed on my left side one morning. And what turns out that I had an arterial venous malformation in my right prior lobe. I woke up paralyzed and in a position in life that I've never been in. And you right away are like, what the heck is going on? And where is this going? And it's uncertain. And the, the fears start kicking in immediately. And for the first time in my life, I was not in control of where I was going. Yeah, for an athlete, that's a tough place to be sitting. It wasn't a place, you know, you used to be sitting. You set your whole life trying to take care of the things you can control to lead you down a path where the outcomes tilt your way, right? And I couldn't make this tilt. But what I did discover was how well athletics and those processes and being around people that shared those uh, same ability to want to compete and push you and make you better, how those skills help you through things like that. Everybody's going to come up against adversity. My adversity, of course, was uh, the challenge of figuring out how to mentally and physically come through having to learn to crawl again to get your body back. Um, so I felt I was prepared because of the things I, I, I achieved as an athlete. And you actually finished your MBA while you were still in the hospital. So, you know, when I started unwinding the story of what made me confident and gave me self-esteem in the world, which was, where am I going now? I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, and I was quickly unwinding. I know how to find success. I'm a great teammate. I can give. Uh, and, and started saying, where am I going to go? No one's going to care about me. I'm not going to have opportunity and I may never run, walk, compete again. Um, you do have to turn that around at some point, right? <laughs> and so uh, the belief that allowed me to do that was other people. Uh, listening to others in a room, much like teammates, uh, we had a goal of getting out of that room successfully and having a life of consequence. So in the discussions that we, we had, we, we realized that telling yourself you can't do something doesn't create action. It doesn't create a direction. So, um, we were starting to tell ourselves and teach each other how to say, this is where we're going and here's how we're gonna get there. And you put a process in place for yourself athletically and mentally you drive, drive that process as hard as you can. For me, the start was get working your body, get crawling. If they said crawl 10 feet, I was gonna spend the time it took to crawl those 10 feet and then make the goal 20 feet. Uh, it was really important for me to get back to my MBA. I was a month out from, uh, walking across the stage and graduating when this happened to me. So about two to three weeks into this recovery, I, was, I knew that getting back on track with my education was a big step. If I could prove to myself I could do that in the world that I could do that, then I could, I could get back on track. So I called my school, they sent me my exams, they let me take those finals in that recovery hospital with my head bandaged up and send those back and I graduated on time, I got to walk across the stage with a major limp and a cane, but uh, I got to do that. And then, I, then I knew I had my academics back on path. And really what I had to do was replace what used to be athletics and performance with something new. And my recovery process did that for me. You know, I, I think about the, the college pinnacle, you know, where you're, you're doing well academically, you're doing well athletically, 
and you've transitioned after college, and you were going down, uh, I think, weren't you coaching or at that time as well? Yeah, so I, uh, right after I got my MBA, and I, and this happened to me, I wanted to take a year and recover. And so I wanted to get my body back, I wanted to be able to give, and I found Berkshire School came to me, my brother was going to this boarding school in New England, and they offered me a position based on being able to coach and teach thing. And they knew that I had that background, and so they hired me for that reason. They created a position for me, which was a blessing, of course, and I've always been thankful to that school for that. But, and that year helped me discover giving to kids that are growing and the importance of what athletic gives you as a person and what you can accomplish when you have processes in place that make you successful in athletics are the key to life. And I've always wanted to make a part of my life giving back in that way and helping kids and other people become aware of that, what you can. So you were back and you were in recovery. And so you had a year or so. What was the next step after coaching and about a year of recovery? So some people would stay. I mean, it was a, it's a beautiful life you could give for the rest of your life, 20, 30, 40 years in a, in a school environment. But for me, at that time in my life, I had just accomplished getting my MBA. I hadn't challenged myself on the business side of the world. And I started out on that path and I wanted to go down that path. I wanted to explore that for myself. So I took everything I gained and, and gave in that school. I, I recounted uh, what I was able to accomplish physically, mentally what I was able to create for value for kids in a school. And I said, all right, I'm gonna go on business. So I walked into the headmaster's office and he got me in touch with an alumni that had a huge business in New York, Spearleads and Kellogg. And Peter Kellogg gave me the interview and the opportunity to uh, prove myself as a floor trader. And uh, so I took that path. You know, it, it, it's funny and at, at some point, so you're, you're admittedly succeeding as a floor trader you know, you, you're both domestic and international. Yeah. And at some point, you decide, I need to do something else. What was that thought process like? I, I think I, I was really loving what growing in the world of business um, and, and in finance. I was learning a lot and I was giving a lot and, and I was appreciating the opportunities that were given to me. I mean, being able to go to Singapore and be trusted with uh, what running that office there and creating value for the business being that far away. That was, that was great. That, that made me believe in myself differently that I, I, my character got me there. Not so much my, even my trading skill. They need, they need people that of character and that's value. So, you know, I, I transitioned like most people are in transition often um, where I thought I needed to change was I, I didn't have the why I, I had the competition. I had the awareness that I looked for, for myself, who am I? Right. And, it, it just wasn't hitting the, the passion strings for me. I wasn't applying myself to something that mattered deeply to me. I was growing skill and competing, but I, I, I was missing that why. And in thinking about how I could accomplish all three, performing well, growing my knowledge base and, and being a lifetime learner and doing something that matters to me, um, I found that if I tied my business degree to those two sports and the relationships built around those, I could start a business. And that's where I decided I was going to start Breakaway Sports. So you started Breakaway Sports, but there was some homework that you did. Right. So in transition, you have to learn. So people often ask you, how do you learn when you need to learn new things? I had a former coach of mine who was great. He was an NHL player and an amazing coach. Uh, he had a hockey store. 
in upstate New York. And I asked if I could volunteer and work for him for three to six months and bring him value of everything I learned in my MBA and see if I could help him with some, some of the back end stuff. And for that, he would teach me how to run a business, what the relationships look like to manufacturers, how to buy effectively, what software systems he's using that he's liked and, and, and how to lay out a store and what customer service looks like. So the value trade-off was I would go work for him and, and make any improvements to his operations that I could. He'd teach me how to do this. And then he'd free me to be on my way to start my own business in a different market. And so East Coast guy. Yeah. And then you up and move to Denver. It, 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 is, it is kind of funny, I know. Well, so part of the A-B testing and wondering what problem you're solving when you start a business and putting a business on a path is where you're gonna start it, right? Everyone says location, location, right? So for me, the East Coast had most of the hockey stores and lacrosse stores. So I wanted to go where they where people weren't. And the Quebec Nordiques at the time were making a decision to move to Denver to become the Avalanche. The Minnesota North Stars were making a decision to go to Dallas to become the Dallas Stars. And I picked Denver as my market. And to be fair, the reason I thought it was best is there were a lot of people from the East Coast moving there, which meant you wouldn't have been limited by your coaching growth, right? And fields were plentiful. You, you, you wouldn't be limited by field growth like in an LA. And it seemed like a great place to live and it was a very athletic young culture. You know, so, you know, you're, you're in Denver yep. and you have store number one and you ended up with how many stores all in? Seven stores. And when you had the seven stores that you were working through, what was the progression or thought process as you expanded those stores? That's, that's a great question. So I think what you, you have to get right is your first economic unit, right? Mm-hmm. So right in front of me, the, my day-to-day working was my store in Denver. I was able to figure out what value I could give to customers. What they were giving me as feedback is what was important to them. So I could figure out the service part. Um, you figure out what product, what product selection you should have and how you lay that out. You figure out the business of profit and profit margins and the pricing and, and how to get it to be a profitable business. Once you've done that, as, as any entrepreneur wants to do, they want to grow. Um, so I wanted to be able to run a store out of my market. People hadn't been doing that back then in this niche of hockey and lacrosse. They stayed in their market. They knew everybody. They ran the community. I wanted to see if I could expand that. So to do that, I asked my brother, younger brother to join me. He was in Albany. That means you have a trusted partner. He gained from being a part, giving him partnership to do that. And in a trusting environment where people weren't robbing from you, where you were figuring out how to do this, I had a partner that cared about the business, cared about me, and we were together learning how to scale. So putting the second business unit in and running it with what we learned out of Denver. And we were able to do that successfully. So then I moved that from there to Seattle, to Atlanta, added a second location in Seattle, and went to a couple of different locations here in Colorado. But really it's based on what I learned through uh, working with my brother in a new market and being around a trusted person with tons of character, so you didn't fear that. And we put our minds together and and grew a business that mattered to the employees and and the customers. You know, and and you think about for folks, you know, you were chatting about how you interacted with your customers and how your previous experience influenced your behavior with your customers. How would you care to comment on that? 
Well, I think that the reason it was so passionate that the, the why for me was athletics was because the people coming in cared about some of the things we cared about. They cared about exploring development and joy and fun and pushing themselves and being creative and curious through sport. And that's where we came from. So as people came in the door, that's how we viewed them. And yeah, I used the vehicle of equipping them on a field, but really our stores were meant to be an extension of the culture and of the things that they they wanted to get from the sport even more than just the on-field play. So we, we built the business really around making sure the athletes were, were getting what they wanted and feeling what they should feel. You know, it's, it's funny. I think about um, where you are now when you're coaching now. Yes. And I think about what you were doing in the retail space. Not all that different than what you're doing now. I agree. I think coaching is running a team, being on a team, being an athlete or or leading as a coach, it's every major business is set up as a very similar unit. Whether you're putting a team together to try to win games or have common goals, but then you have individual contributions and individual care for uh, personal growth as well as, as team growth and environment growth, you learn that in athletic environments. And you might as well use that, that, that care and knowledge to grow a business around it. So our business plan was very similar to being in a locker room and trying to achieve success on a field through a team. So it was important that the guys that I hired loved those sports and coached those sports and gave back and involved themselves in the community that way. So we were coaching, we, we were running a business, but as people came in, we were teaching them what was important about the game and how they should be aware of what they're getting through sport and, and going on the field and, and doing that. So I tied both of those experiences together. And it actually is what built my business model. So, you know, I, I, I think, so you've got your team, you've yep. got your players. I think it was seven players, you know, and, yep. and the team's assembled. And then at some point, there's a decision or an offer to buy the business. And so you look at that, and there's a conscious decision to go ahead with the offer. What was that like in your mind to take and have built the team yeah. and then look at taking and effectively passing that team off to a new coach you know that's not an it's not an easy thing because you build something and you're really proud of it and it becomes a big part of who you are and the people you involve yourself with and we all built that company because companies are built by people right concepts are, are driven but people build it we had got it to a point where we couldn't grow it further from where we were so we were enjoying what we built but when we were approached to see if we would grow with another company, so i.e. sell the business to them, and then see what our involvement would be with them to grow it further, I was attracted to the idea that the business should keep going. The thing that we built, the ideas of what we were trying to accomplish through our customers should keep going, and it could be more exciting going down a new path of, of growth and, and joining a new team, so to speak. So, you know, for the folks out there, there's, there will be those that have a business and never received an offer. What were the thoughts that went through your mind in trying to evaluate whether you thought it was you know, a reasonable offer? And then what did they want from you post-sale? It's a great question. You want to make sure that the vision for where they want to go with their company and then adding your company to theirs makes sense. For uh, it, It's what leads you to make the decision, why would you sell it? So that's a huge question. Why would I sell this? It's running, it's profitable. I should just keep it and keep going. Um, for if, and then I'm gonna, I have a suitor and you say, well, why do they want it? What, what do they believe? What do they believe differently than me? And 
this group came into the industry a little bit later than I did. They bought out a, a former uh, owner that had been doing it for 17 years or so before that, and they had a new belief of where they could where they could go, and that was that's a new energy. I had been doing the same, running it for 18 years myself, and I wanted to explore where they thought it could go and whether we could do that together. So systems were changing, uh, internet websites were changing, how we compete were changing. They had they had some strategic advantages that I wanted to take advantage of, and I, I like their belief in the future of where the industry could be. So knowing that they had the money to do it and push their plan forward. They wanted some experience in what uh, I was, we've been able to learn as a company and as and people in the industry. And they wanted to keep it going further and I was attracted to that. So as I understand it, you stayed on post sale for a while. I did, I stayed on for a, a year and a half. I wanted to make sure that all the employees were on boarded and everyone had an, exp- had an opportunity, whether they chose to keep that opportunity or not keep that opportunity was up to them. Those opportunities were given um, I stayed to learn what it looked like differently. And I ran the course of working with them as, as far as I took it until I wanted to change where my personal development would go. You know, and, and I think about, and we've talked about this before. So there's the day that you're past your employment contract and you wake up the next morning and there's this emotional response to the next chapter. Walk us through that self-talk or that mental discussion. It's scary and exciting at the same time. And you've been doing something for a very long time. You get comfortable in that. Um, Another reason that I was excited to to make a change is I got, you get comfortable and you really want to push yourself and be curious and grow and create. And I felt like I got too comfortable running it the way we were running it. But in the end, when, when you go to sell it, you, you have to transition. And, and a lot of life is transition. And you can't fear those transitions. You have to learn from the past. How many, what transitions had I gone through? How about other people? What have they gone through? And learn from history to move forward, to create a new future. So I started to tell myself not to be so scared. Again, the skills you develop seem like they're only skills that could be plugged into the business you created so that when you decide that you want to transfer out of that business, you're wondering if you could bring value to anyone else in any other business. And you doubt, you doubt yourself pretty, pretty heavily mm-hmm. at times. How was, what was your spouse's response to this transition? I think she was excited for that opportunity of the business to be sold. And, and she was supportive of me liking the idea of that happening. She was also supportive of me finding something that I love to do because she, when she met me, she knows how my why has to be in place. My passion has to be in place for me to compete. And then she, she can trust whatever, whatever decision I make on that. But again, nerve wracking for her because we built a life around what became somewhat certain and safe. And uh, I was asking to throw that into flux and move towards some uncertainty. If, if you can share, what was your top gross sales year? So at, at the top, and that was towards the end, I was selling over $7 million a year in, in gross revenues. And that came down through uh, three sales channels, one brick and mortar retail, two team sales, three online sales. And for me, in a world where the opportunity was created online for a short period, mm-hmm. small brick and mortar businesses, I'd call mine one of those small businesses, could create a website, but it couldn't compete 
nationally against what was coming at us, like within Amazon and, and the bigger mm-hmm. sites. Once people used to, the opportunity was there for them to go on breakawaylacrosse.com and shop because that was part of their culture. And when you didn't have it, they'd go home and find it mm-hmm. through you. And then when those windows were closing up and, and people were just shopping at four main, two main sites, now maybe even one main site, um, you had a pivot. And my pivots were the team and those other channels balanced out my business. Okay. Yep. You know, and, and that's, that's, you know, it's like any game that you played before. You have yeah. to adjust. You have to adjust. And so how long has it been since uh, you've been away from Breakaway Sports now? So it, it sold two years ago. Okay. And then stayed on with that uh, with uh, our purchaser for a year and a half. So you're six months in. So, yep. So now I'm six months out. So thinking about next step. Yes. And for the folks out there that are in the throes of maybe selling a business. Yeah. And they go, I see the, the sale day coming. Yeah. How did you approach, collect your thoughts, start setting your questions in place to figure out perhaps next challenge that's a great question so you 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 take inventory again you had to get through this belief system that i can only do what i did right so then you say all right well what would disprove that what what did i really learn what do i have as skills and how am i going to use those skills and and engage the world differently in the future and i i figured that i've learned how to run direction communicate that direction clearly care about the people that worked with you because your business are, are the people building teams to maximize efficiencies of people's strengths and weaknesses and where and, and plug each other in so that we're making up for each other's lack of knowledge in one place or lack of skill in another place someone else picks that up so building that business building a concept a b testing at all times and understanding what paths to take those were skills that i enjoyed and i had you can use that anywhere then you go to your personal skills and say where are you at with your character in your values and how do you make decisions and how do you prioritize a day? So you want to take a pause. You want to get that where you're comfortable knowing yourself. You want to get that self-awareness again, build up your skills and then say, all right, now I need to find the place I can plug this in. And I know how to talk about myself. I know how to resell my skills so that I can bring value to someone asking for value. I think about pretty much everything that I've heard you talk about feels a lot like the coaching and athletic career that you've had. And has there been yeah. a time where you haven't been involved in coaching? There hasn't. It's, it's always been important to me to make time for your community and the people in it to, to coach and give back in a way that teaches athletes or people choosing to develop through athletics um, Teach them what they get for doing that and teach them how to do that well and give them the teachable moments and, and, and teach them how to grow as a team and find the skills they're going to need in life through sport. So I, I've always coached and I don't look at it like I'm, I take a team and I need to drive an outcome. I don't need the win comes in the processes you put in place and how you compete and the things you can control. And then tilting outcomes more your way. So I, I focus more on how are we doing it? Why are we doing it? What are we getting from it? And where does that get us? Right? You know, and there's some very small percentage of the kids that are in athletics yeah. that pursue that in a professional career. And even then, if they make a professional career, I think the duration of that career is pretty short-lived. 
I agree. I, I don't think it's the point. I think where we get confused and we get frustrated and we lose ourselves in athletics, youth or high school or college is we think that's the point. It has to drive itself to a career in that particular sphere, right? I have to be a pro athlete. It's not the point. The point is I want to applaud effort. I want to help people drive belief into action and set reward systems in place. So they're, they're building daily habits that create the person that can compete and perform in the real world and engage the world. You want to create social habits and ways of working and collaborating with others that comes through sport so that you can engage the world with that later. And really you create every attribute you need and, and, and the advantages and the skills you need through sport that you can give to the world and, and give to a business and give to yourself and, and family and a new, you know, and, and every relationship you're in. So I think it's really, really important to get the teachable moments right for athletes, to get the coaches to understand what they're actually doing, making, making games make sense, making performance make sense, helping them develop skills that will uh, allow them to accomplish goals, and then teaching them to plug their strengths in, be accountable to their, their actions, and make up for other people's weaknesses and applaud other people's strengths. So you're really wondering, you're learning how other people add to the overall goal and you're, you're figuring out how you add to the overall goal. And I think that's how you find value in caring. You know, it's, it, you know I, I think um, not having been much of an athlete myself, you know, you've got the coach, you've got the players, and you've got the family. And I don't think there's, I don't know if there's somebody else, maybe a fan, Yeah. you know, but maybe uh, best advice that you could offer you know, to the player and the family and the coach and maybe starting with, with the family, Yeah. how best can they contribute to that athlete's experience? So as parents, we have a goal of doing a great job teaching kids character and teaching them about working hard and the values wrapped around that will matter and get you far in life teaching them right from wrong. Like we, we have a goal in our parenting that when we hand our children off to the world, they're well equipped to succeed and find joy and meaning. So athletics being part of that education, part of that upbringing, we wanna make sure that we pay attention to the teachable moments and applaud the efforts, not the outcomes. I, I think often- at well, we, could, we could say that again, <laughs> the effort, not the outcome. Yeah. So again, we ask kids, we ask the wrong question lots of times at the end of a game. How was the game? And if you're really, the answer is always the same. It was great we won, it was awful we lost. Your question creates the value, you tell, the, you tell an athlete what your values are based on your question. If you just say who won, who lost, how'd that make you feel, all right? If you wanna, you wanna teach your kid what you value and we, we talked about its effort, how well do you think you played? You know, how'd your teammates do? Did you guys execute that plan you guys talked about this week? How did losing make you feel? How did winning make you feel? Like, what were some things that you're so proud of? What's a, a part of the team that you contributed to to make your teammates better? If you ask those questions, your kids will see where, what you're valuing and that teaches them the direction of how to behave on those teams. And in the end, guess what happens? They get right from wrong. They get how to create effort. They get personal goals that they want to achieve. They also get giving to a bigger community for a goal that we can all achieve and that creates meaning and that create that sustainability. So it's giving them the childhood, the youth, the lessons they'll need to engage the world later. It's giving them all of that. They don't need to be professional athletes to accomplish 
what sport and their upbringing can bring them. They can get that just if we do it right. So parents really should contribute to helping that, not getting in the way of that. You know, for that young athlete, you know, maybe he's not quite as fast. Maybe he's not quite as old. Maybe he's not quite as big. What advice might you offer to the parent of that athlete? The advice is we all have different strengths in life. Even in our professional worlds, we, uh, people are good at all different things, right? And there's a place for everyone. So when I think of an athlete, I'm like, okay, for right now, what you can contribute is this. And, and the way we value you doing that, do it in a consistent way, do it in your way. And we can use you as a strategy for what you're giving. Everyone can have a contribution. We used to call it a role player, right? And, and now in the new world, everyone's got a role. You might be the role of the goalie. I could be the role of the leading scorer. Someone else is the role of the biggest person, the fastest person, but we all have a role. And bringing all of our roles together is what a coach can help do to create a, a, a commonality and a, and, a, and, a, and a team, a place to go from here to there or to win, win a game. It's beautiful, but every athlete has to know that big, small, different, fast, scoring, can't score, they have a contribution to make. And through those, through pushing your contributions and then being in a safe environment to try to grow what you can contribute. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's life. That's sport. Thinking about, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to cover the, the, the basis. So you've got the, the family, uh, the parents of the athlete yep. and there's, you know, that we always hear about the ugly parent. Yeah. And you also hear about the one that supports the team. What advice might you offer uh, the parents of a budding athlete? In these fields to try to take in and craft that citizen that you're talking about? I would say, let's define what we hope comes out of this. Why is it important that your kid plays this sport? What do you hope he gets from it? And we all have that answer. We get that one right. And then what life skills do people take with them if they're successful in athletics? Oh, I, I know how to drive a goal. I know how to push myself. I know how to care about others. I know how to collaborate. I know how to communicate. I know. And you take all the things you hope they get out of sport and let's work backwards. So let's, let's, ask the right questions. Let's push them in the way that allows them to learn and grow in a safe way and not be judged and not uh, throw our attention towards outcomes that they really can't even control, they can just contribute to. So if we want them to be caring, giving, trying to grow skill, trying to work on teams, then let's teach them in the front half as they start playing their sport that, that how to get good at those things. So when they walk away, they get those skills. You know, we've got the coach that's some, perhaps similar to you, has a lot of collegiate experience that's out there coaching. Yeah. And then you have the parent that there isn't anybody else. And so they're going to take on the role so the kids have a coach. What advice might you offer that particular coach? So there's a, a few concepts you want to get right. Um, there's a game to be played. There are skills that need to be taught. And then there is an actual person playing the game. I always think the kids get the worst part of this whole contract, right? <laughs> we have big ideas for them. We put a lot of stress on them. The coach has, a, has an ego to build and, and, and takes the credit when they win and puts it on the athlete when they lose. And I'm wondering what they get on their side of the contract, right? But, but I think as a parent says, I want to coach. Make the game make sense, right? So that we can play it comfortably and calmly. So teach them what the object of the game is. Teach them the skills to play it and teach them that the effort they put into developing those skills is the reward. That's the, that's the life-changing event. The fact that you can cradle a lacrosse ball or shoot a hockey puck or a basketball later in life won't matter. The, the ability to, uh, what you do to achieve those skills, 
that is what's going to matter later in life. So let's, while we're developing skills, teach them why they're, we're developing them. If we're gonna run them and grow their fitness, we're, we're not punishing them with that. We're teaching them that this is part of how you play and achieve your goals. So I think make the game make sense, teach them why they're doing it. Kids always wanna know why they're putting the effort in and then teach them that the short-term reward should stay in place of joy. They, they should do all this and feel joy in the end. Right? So well, lots of times we say, well, what do you want the goal to be at the end of the week? Well, we want to win. And, and yes, we do want to win. That's the object. But I challenge them to say, you really might want the feelings that come from winning. So let's try to accomplish those feelings in every part of this game. Another question I think you ask your athletes are, well, does it feel best when you've had your best game? Has anybody ever had your best game? How's that feel? And they say, it feels great. And how about your worst game? A game, you, maybe you were sick, you weren't feeling well, you didn't give, you know you held something back. How'd that feel? That didn't feel as good. All right, so can we agree it feels the best when you're playing your best and giving the most? Yes. So let's run all of our programming around the idea that this is all driven back to your joy. So today we might be doing some stuff that's hard. We might be learning a skill uh, that's uncomfortable, using your left hand, or we're going to build your body, we're going to run. Constantly reattach why they're doing it and bring it back to joy. When you play this game with these skills, it'll feel a lot better. You'll get towards your best game. I think about as we were talking about the parents, the coaches, and, and the players, and perhaps the fan, and I don't know what advice we offer to the fan. They just support the team, hopefully, yes. politely. Um, and I think about the business environment yeah. and the analogies. Much different, in your opinion? I think that running a team to achieve a goal of winning is the very core of all economics and business. You are growing an individual. You know they start out with certain skills that the business or the team needs. You know you'd love for them to stretch their boundaries and put them in a position to be able to do that because that's what drives them to enjoy the experience they're having, whether it's on the business or on a team. You know that they're learning to get something for themselves and feel the meaning behind doing it with others. I think that team sports and, and developing through that becomes exactly all of our business concepts. There's that always that moment where somebody's going to lose the game. Yes. And, you know, and, and all the emotional response that happens after the game loss. As a parent where maybe you're not that involved with the coaching side and you've got your young athlete coming home, they've had a bad day. What advice would you offer to that parent to help that kid work his way through and put it, that adversity in the proper light? I think if you ask the right question, it's always say, like, well, that was the game. Oh, we lost. And you're like, okay, well, that's the outcome. That's fair. Every, every, I'll start with every kid feels a win and a loss differently. Every player, because their contributions are different. So if you scored four goals and I didn't play, we're going to feel that win differently and the loss differently. So what we want to attach people to is what was your contribution to the team today? And how do you feel you, you, how much effort did you give? And, and, Based on what you your contribution is, how well do you think you performed in that kind of, oh, not so great today. I didn't have my best game ever. Okay, what'd you learn from that? Well, I learned the things I can control is, man, I probably should've got some more sleep or I should've eaten before the game the right way. Or um, I took a couple minutes off in the game, I, right? And, and, and teach them that you learn through those losses. They're beautiful things. You lost, but what's the big deal, right? There's going to be another game. There's going to be another competition. You get one more battle in a game, right? And the outcome is one feeling. It's the final feeling of a game. But throughout the game, we teach them there's feelings all the time. You, you're, you're in a battle. You won it. You lost it. How'd that make you feel? Oh, I wish I had that back. You had a shot. It 
hit the post. Oh, that was that felt great. I ripped that thing, right? So I, I, I think the idea is talk to them about what'd you learn? Did you what'd you learn in that loss? And they say, Well, I learned I should do better. Oh, you know, I, I think about where you are, right? You're, yeah. You you finished um, the uh, breakaway sports game. Yeah. Much like high school kids, perhaps they're not going on to a college career. Maybe not. Or they're a college kid finishing their career. And, you know, you think about how do you take and, and couch your thought process from your sports career and apply that to the next game that you're going to be playing, which is what you're doing. I think my season ended, right? And I'm going into another season in the future. So season's over. We can account how well we did, what we grew, who we met along the way, how we performed along the way, all the things we got from it. And the business, the season of running that business is over. It ended. Now I'm going to start a new season is the way I'd look at it. So what do you have to do? You have to get an idea of what you want to play. You have to get an idea of what your strengths are and what brings you the most joy and passion and meaning and how you plug in. And that's working with people and picking a direction to go in that matters, solving other people's problems and giving them value and contributing to the solution. And then using your great skill to be part of all of that and wrap that up and go in a direction. So in my next season, uh, I would like to pick a business that will allow me to do those things. And then I think that I could be confident that my values, my character and my drive could make a difference in making the business or whatever direction I go a better place than, than it is today. You know, Phil, I, I, you know, we've, we've been at this for a while and what maybe some of the listeners don't know, this is our second attempt at this. We had a chainsaw next to us on the last yes, <laughs> episode. Yes, we did. And so we, we thought we would redo it so we didn't bore everybody with the chainsaw music in the background. But um, perhaps parting advice to uh, a business person yeah. that's trying to maybe succeed in a tough environment with adversity, how would you offer coaching advice to that person? I, I think it's, it's the question, right? First, don't take what you created for granted. A lot of times we'll let, just like in a, in a, in a, as an athlete would, you don't take minutes in the game for granted. Someone granted you that. You grew a business, pay attention to it. It's right in front of you. The joys, the creativity, the curiosity, it's all there. It might have gotten stale for you. Um, reinvest in finding that passion for that business again and finding the things that made you love it. Try to find those again. If you're selling your business, then you should be proud of yourself that you created something of value that someone else can take and grow with. So I think making sure that you uh, push the business in the right direction and, and, and re-engage yourself. I think that's a really an important thing. And if you can't get... Sorry, there, I got away on the weeds on that one. No, I think, you know, I think one of the things that I think about the analogy for the athlete that perhaps has nine out of 10 skills and the 10 skills missing. And what do you do when you're missing a skill? You find a coach. Yeah, you do. You know, and I think for a lot of the businesses, you know, and, and part of the function of what we try to do here is bring folks in that have succeeded in the business community and can function as a coach. So, Phil, I tell you, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this again. This has been awesome. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet.